Um, my hope today is that we can share some stories of goodness uh, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of pain. Uh, we're about six weeks into a series uh, that we started called Three Years with Jesus. And uh, we have the text that we're going to be looking at every Sunday uh, lined out for the next three years. And I find it ironic that the text that we had set up for today is John 2, where Jesus turns water into wine when our wine country uh, is on fire. And I forgot, we shut down our student center. Thank you, kids, for sacrificing. There's no room for you over there because it's full of supplies. Uh, and our children can go to the back. I'm going to hand the mic to Brian, uh, Brian Kaplan, our children's director. He's going to share what these guys are going to be doing back there this morning. All right. This is for, uh, <clears throat> for the kids only, so adults close your ears, sorry. No, um, actually the kids, what they're going to be doing today is we're going to be um, sending out words of encouragement to families and victims and first responders like firemen and rescue workers. So you're going to be thinking about what they'd want to hear and showing God's love to them. And uh, it might be as just simple as drawing a picture. And at the end, we may share some of those. So um, I look forward to working with you and creating some letters and pictures for the, for the uh, families. Thanks, Brian. Uh, so we're going to open to John 2. And there's Bibles on their chairs in front of you if you want to follow along, page 861. Um, a guy named John, who was uh, one of Jesus' first followers, um, is writing this. Uh, his experience following Jesus for three years, and he tells this story uh, early on, um, not long after he met Jesus. And he says, on the third day, uh, and, and this is uh, no coincidence that John would tell us this detail, the third day, he's pointing forward to resurrection. Uh, and on the third day, Jesus rose again. But on this third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Uh, Jesus' mom, I, I like her. <clears throat> she, she knows. She's raised uh, the perfect human being for 30 years, and we have no idea what Jesus has done at home. I mean, did he... Raise the dead chicken to life? Did he? We don't know. But what we do know is that his mom knows enough to know he can do something about the fact that there's no more wine. And so she says, to, she simply says to him, there's no more wine. And Jesus says, woman, why do you involve me? Great, you know, mother-son relationship here. Why, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. And so Jesus is saying, listen, uh, my time is coming, but it hasn't yet come. It's not time for me to start doing the things that will reveal why I came and who I am as the Messiah. And his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water 
that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. Uh, they ran out of wine. And Jesus tells some servants to fill these large jugs uh, with wine, and he turns that water into wine. Uh, Jesus is in the business of uh, when we're empty, replenishing us. Jesus is in the business of uh, when we run out, uh, providing. This morning, I, I want to hear some stories of uh, uh, running out and then seeing things replenished. I, I want to kind of narrate a little bit of the story, and I hope I get some help from my friends here, uh, many of you who have been serving all week next door. Um, kind of share the story of how we got involved. Um, so obviously a week ago is when the fires really started going in Napa and Sonoma, and the next morning uh, this guy calls me. And he says, uh, can we open up as a shelter? I said, let's figure it out. Uh, we we uh, sublease from the school, so we need to navigate that. Um, and the head of school here, Barbara Brown, uh, said, yes, let's do it in the student center. Couldn't use this room, but in our student center, yep, go for it. Uh, and so we got the word out that we were available as a shelter and a donation site. And what happened is we started getting supplies like you wouldn't believe, people dropping stuff off here. And so this guy uh, started making phone calls. tell what he does. <laughs> come on. Hi. I have no idea what he does. I just pick up trash and like people come and go with tons of stuff and he makes it happen. I don't know. Like honestly don't know but it's kind of, ma I mean it's not magical. It's like, you know, it's Jesus. But in God's gift of Justin with organization, like mad crazy OCD organization. So it's just been great. I don't know, Matt. <laughs> I seriously just pick up trash and people come and go and stuff goes and I know Justin's making it happen. Like, sorry. <laughs> what I know is that uh, Jesus invites us to embody him to the world. And, and Justin's, he took the first step and he's been there every day and every night since. Uh, we've been open at 8 a.m. until midnight some nights uh, to receive supplies and to deliver them, uh, uh, water's getting turned into wine every day. Uh, yeah. Um, we got Elsie Alvarado, Heather, what's Heather's last name? McKintry? McIntyre, thank you. Brian Tabor. Brian Tabor is our pastor of students. Uh, he went, uh, so Heather uh, works with one of our partners, Be to Live. Ladies and gentlemen, Phil Steiner's in the house this morning. Um, and uh, Brian went on a Be to Live trip a couple of weeks ago, uh, injured his foot surfing. A week later, uh, like this infection started in his foot and it swelled up. Uh, Brian Tabor's been to the ER three times in the last three days, 
And every time he takes his laptop with him, every time he comes back and sets up camp again, uh, the dude is making it happen. This is ground control uh, in our office, and they are turning water into wine. Uh, let me introduce you to my new friend, Moji. Uh, Moji is the director of uh, Rodef Shalom, the synagogue next door uh, to the JCC. In between us and the JCC is a uh, synagogue. She's the director there. Uh, we found out they had some needs. We just walked them over there. I meet Moji, and she says, you know, we don't need anything else right now. We gave her what uh, they needed to take up to Santa Rosa, and she said, we probably don't need anything more right now. I call her the next day, do you need anything? No, all the shelters are saying, don't give us anything more. Civic Center, don't give us anything more. I didn't think I would uh, ever talk to Moji again. Man, Moji has been on it. Everything we post, everything we get out there, she copies and pastes it. She gets it out there so that her network can know about it. Uh, and bring it here because every shelter stopped taking stuff because people were just bringing stuff they didn't need. And what those shelters now know is that they call us. We get it and we deliver it to them, what they need. They run out, the hands and feet of Jesus replenish it. Water is turning into wine. Uh, next slide. Uh, this is, this is it, the hands and feet of Jesus right here. People loading up, people unloading, making it happen. Uh, Barbara Sabito directing traffic uh, like she does. Barbara, Barbara's going to tell us the story of turning water into wine. Does it have to be a real one? Or can I make something up? Um, oh, let me think, let me think. So I work for the Foster Care Association, and Monday, midday, I get a text from a Children and Family Services employee who was sent to the shelter here at Marin Center to kind of help them start setting up for what they did not anticipate would be a very long week. So he texts me and he says, hey, what, what do you have at the foster care shelter that at the foster care office that we could use. And I said, well, we have some pack and plays, but they're used, and we have some of this, but they're used. And I said, but I think my church is collecting things. So I connect this employee, whose name is Joe, with Brian Tabor, and between the two of them, within an hour, I think Joe was here with his big red truck, and people had already started bringing supplies here to the student center. And I think Joe came a couple times just to pick up supplies and helped get the shelter at the Marin Center um, set up and ready to go for all the people that started arriving later on that afternoon. Is that good? That's great. <laughs> Thank you, Barbara. Uh, so we gave all our pack and plays away, and you know what started coming in again? Pack and plays. Pack and plays. Uh, next slide. Again, uh, people, hands and feet of Jesus, making it happen. Uh, here, um, so one thing that has been a huge, huge need is ready-to-eat, non-perishable food. And uh, it's constantly going out. And we run out, we're out, we put the word out. We need non-perishable, ready food. Within two hours, this is what the kitchen looked like again. 
We're fully stocked, ready for another delivery. Uh, all that stuff, I can guarantee you, is gone, and it's been restocked with more stuff. It's in and out, in and out, in and out. Water turning to wine. We are empty. It's being replenished. Um, next slide. So uh, we didn't really know what to accept to begin with, so we were just accepting anything. And uh, the biggest thing that came in was used clothing. As you can imagine, people just started emptying their closets and bringing it to us. Uh, we had to stop taking used clothing and used bedding because the shelters were specifically asking, can you please, please, please get us new pillows, new blankets, uh, uh, new pillowcases, new clothes. And uh, we said, we'll make it happen. And this room became the new clothing, back one slide, became the new clothing room. And it's full of newness. Uh, it's full of water that turned into wine. It's full of a room that was empty that is now full. And it has been emptied out and refilled and emptied out and refilled and emptied out and refilled. Uh, we got calls that the firefighters needed stuff. We were distributing things to shelters, and the firefighters weren't getting anything. They needed Gatorade. They needed new underwear. They needed hand warmers, foot warmers. And that stuff just started pouring in, and it went back out. We were gone. It was empty. We started using the office as the firefighters' room for supplies. And it would get filled up, and then boom, it's all gone. And then it would get filled up again, and then boom, it was all gone, and one after another. Uh, next slide. So all this new bedding came in, and that bedding is all gone, and new bedding came in, and it's all gone, and new bedding came in, and you know the story. Uh, next slide. This uh, gal in the van there, her name's Rebecca. I don't know her last name. She showed up day one on Monday uh, with donations, and then she said, uh, can I help? Uh, yeah, you can help. She starts sorting. She was here for like eight hours sorting. And then she said, so uh, one of my kids goes to the school. I can't remember the name of the school. You remember the name of the school? New Village. Uh, and she said, and I drive their van. I bet they'd let me use it. Uh, she has delivered so many goods for us. I don't know who this woman is. She showed up and became the hands and feet of Jesus. She's delivered to Petaluma. She's delivered to Santa Rosa. She's delivered who knows where. Uh, where things are empty, she shows up, fills an empty van full of stuff, and she takes it where it's most needed and delivers it. And it's been spectacular. Uh, next slide. So another guy, I don't know who he is. This truck belongs to Dave. I only know his first name. His name's Dave. Uh, he keeps showing up with an empty truck, and we keep filling it, and we give him an address and tell him where to take it, where it's most needed. He calls me, and he says, okay, uh, they needed it. Here it is. One delivery was to uh, St. Vincent to Paul in Santa Rosa. He said they took all the food. They need more food, but they don't need any of the water. I talked to Justin. Who needs water? He tells me. I tell him. Dave goes another place in Santa Rosa. Needed water. Dave dropped the water off there. He texts me. Yep, they needed it. It's delivered. I'm on my way back for another load. Um, who was doing that? Sherry? His wife shared, I didn't even know he was married. I, uh, <clears throat> uh, these people, I don't know them. Who are they? I don't know. They showed up. At, these are Novato High School. They showed up. This is a church group. See, people just showed up all over the place and said, put us to work. We put them to work. 
uh, people turning water into wine. It was absolutely fantastic. Next slide. Uh, so at one point, uh, I don't remember if it was Monday night or Tuesday night, I get home around 11 p.m. and Jenna says, what did you have for dinner? And I realized, oh, I didn't eat. And next morning, I say to Brian Tabor, so we kind of need to take care of ourselves, too, uh, and all these volunteers coming in. Uh, and Christine Lenahan came through like crazy. Uh, making food happen. The Good Earth in Fairfax brought us lunch two days in a row. What's the organization in the city? Copia in the city brought seven massive trays of food last night specifically for our volunteers. Uh, people are just bringing it, making it happen, turning water into wine where there's nothing. Suddenly, it's replenished with plenty. This guy, I don't remember where he came from. There was a whole group of people who said, we want to help. They rented a rider truck, filled it with stuff, and had this guy deliver it to us. Uh, what's that? Alameda. Um, we set up an Amazon wish list. We were like, this is going to be an ongoing need. We recognize these things won't come for a couple of days, but uh, we, we need to get the word out. People all over the country, friends, people all over the country are buying stuff on our Amazon wish list and shipping it here. And the first delivery came uh, two days ago, I think. Um, I, as I just walked over, the post office delivered us 12 brand new pack and plays all off our Amazon wish list. Mary Beth Atkins has been managing our Amazon wish list. Thank you. Uh, this is one of our crews. Just being the hands and feet of Jesus. Loading it up, sending it out, making it happen. Um, and then when there's a lull. If you don't have wine, there's beer. Uh, one of our elders owns an events company, and uh, she said, I got four cases of beer left over from an event. I said, you know where to bring it. <laughs> oh, good times. Who has a story of goodness from this last week you want to share? I need some help. Yeah. Hold on, pal. I was helping uh, building the shelter for other uh, people whose houses burned down. Apparently, there was uh, supposed to be cots arriving. They never came. I just want to hope they're fine. Thanks, buddy. If, if you hear of a need like this, I think we got probably 20 cots right now. So those can go out. We, If they need it, if we don't have it, we're going to get it and make it happen. Mary Beth. Yes, you can. Anyone else? Oh, Tiffany, who said she wouldn't share, is going to share. And then the gal right in front of her. All right. I'm not usually a sharer, but I'm going to share. It's been amazing. 
I've been here since Monday. I don't even know how many hours. Uh, put the word out to your friends. And social media has just made this thing thrive. It's, it's like you said, when it empties out, you post, it fills up within an hour, two hours. Um, kitchen has gone in and out 30 times this week. I mean, from nothing to everything. It's, it's been fabulous. And um, this morning, there's a center up in Santa Rosa that's going to do a crisis um, therapy center. They came and got books and everything for kids, uh, toiletries. There's going to be this need now, but there's still going to be a need going on for quite a long time. And I just think the more we stay in touch with each other and the more we kind of reserve our Christmas thoughts <laughs> for these families that lost everything, we have half of our school, our teachers were either affected by losing their home or still evacuated. Um, that's, you know, a, lot, a big impact for our kids. And um, they're, they're all doing awesome, but it's, it's going to be tough still for a while. But thanks, everyone, for everything. It's been so humbling to see everyone step up amid all these other things going on, like Las Vegas, the hurricanes, the you know, earthquake in Indonesia. Like, there's been so much, and we've all just seemed like we hopped from one tragedy to another, but we're local. This is really close. But there's still other things out there that we can help, you know, other people that are still affected in other ways, too. So thanks, everybody. Um, I just um, was connected with Brian. Um, my husband works for a catering company, and we wanted to feed the first responders. And um, we didn't know exactly how we were going to pay for everything. We just kind of did it. And every the produce company wouldn't take the money um, for the produce. The, the owner pay, paid for all the food. And it just, um, I went up there with a bunch of teenagers. It was beautiful. So, yeah, Tiffany was one of the first people on site, been working like crazy. Her daughters, Caitlin and Josephine, have been helping so much. Caitlin just said she'd like to share something with y'all. As my mom said, a lot of people in our school have been affected by these fires. And there's this one family, and it's a family of just three people. And right now, they have a three-bedroom house, and they're housing 18 other cousins and family. And I was just, like, really amazed that, that they would do that and just, like, what our community can do when we all pull together to help a good cause like this. Thank you. Uh, Claudia Rocha has a story. She told it to me. She's got to tell it to all you. Today, uh, I went with John uh, delivered some diapers at the Civic Center, and the Civic Center is closing. And the, one of the coordinators uh, there was like so well, well uh, overwhelmed with uh, what we are doing. And she shared with us and said, you guys, uh, from Bay Marine are awesome because last night it was so late when I call you guys making a request and in less than five minutes you brought to us and uh, I, I, I'd like to say thank you so much and we, uh, John and I said we are here to serve you guys 
anything that you need. And she said, after all this is gone, I really need to check out this church because you guys are awesome. I just came by yesterday to drop off some pizzas because I've been seeing everybody work so hard. And then I ended up seeing Tiffany and, and Barbara and everybody worked so hard. So then I started, you know, just what can I do to help? And next thing I know, I was there for a few hours and charged the toiletries. And um, it was great. And it was just so awesome and inspiring seeing these people work that I've known for so many years. and and, and um, working alongside them and just getting to know them this way and having fun. I mean, I had a great time with, with Katya. It was just really fun and um, volunteering and inspiring and awesome, which is great. John needs to talk to you. <laughs> he's, he's a rock star, okay? <laughs> um, I was just touched by the, um, the overwhelming response for the community. People would drive in with a car of stuff and donate and then they said well do you need more and so they would take a picture with their phone of the current wish list needs and she says okay i'll send it out to my friends they go, they go do you need volunteers so they parked their car and then they served all day and they say well like i can only serve a couple hours today but can i serve tomorrow or the next day and the next day was today sunday and i they go are you taking donations tomorrow sunday and I look over and Matt's on the stairs and I go, Matt, are we having service tomorrow? He goes, yeah, we're having service tomorrow, but we're still open. He goes, but we've been having church all week. John Bell, man, another one who is making deliveries whenever we need them. I don't have stories, I have a question. So yeah. how can we help? What do you need now? Yeah, that's a Justin question. Uh, Justin, uh, so last night, um, uh, Justin Northcutt and Brian Tabor really are ground control, and any questions you have can be directed to them. Uh, last night, uh, I said to Justin, um, you know, we're going to have a service at 10 a.m. over here, but we're going to have a service, real service, continuing to happen over there, and, and uh, I need you there, buddy. And he walked in this morning and he said, Matt, I think you're the first pastor who has maybe ever asked someone not to show up at church. <laughs> and I said, dude, you're at church, <laughs> just not in this room. Um, Greg and Michelle Martins watched our kids all day yesterday and the Northcuts. Thank you. I think they have the hardest job, though. I think they work harder than me. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Another story of goodness? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just started working yesterday, and um, I was babysitting at first, and then I went over to the uh, student center to help, and um, I started bagging toiletries, and then my dad came just to pick me up, and then he started bagging toiletries. <laughs> and... Um, on the drive home, he was like, I'm so impressed with everybody. I can't believe you guys are doing this and how much stuff there was. He was overwhelmed with how many supplies there were, and it was just really nice because I didn't think that much of it because um, it was a lot like Mexico, and I've, like, done that before. But to, like, a new person, it was completely 
new and overwhelming, so that was nice. That's great, thank you. There's been uh, a number of times when um, the cars are backed up out into North San Pedro Road and we need to get traffic moving so these cars aren't blocking traffic on North San Pedro and uh, there's this one big white truck that had come in to drop off supplies and it was running. And so I go over to it and I see there's a teenage girl sitting uh, in the passenger seat and her younger sibling in the cab in the back and I said, do you mind if I just move this forward? And she looks at me. Uh, her mom was inside, I think, delivering stuff. And she goes, OK. And I hop in, and I put it in drive, and I start moving it forward. And she said, you know, a lot of horror movies start this way. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, this one is not going to end that way. And I put it in park. And <laughs> My neighbors have, have all been um, really crushed by the um, Camp Newman, the Jewish camp that burned. Um, Ellie's friend, owns, her parents own that camp. And, um, and they said, though, that there's some beautiful stuff, like the things that didn't burn, like the, the, uh, the Jewish symbol when you first come in, things that are wooden and paper didn't burn. Like the, when you first walk into camp, there's this beautiful saying that's been there for 40 years and it, everything burned around it. And um, they were just really touched and blessed that, you know, the things that were preserved. And I, I think that's what's so amazing about this fire and, um, and about the LA shootings too is that it's it's unexplainable it's there's nothing there's no uh, rhyme or reason to what's burning and what's not and how it's got started and i think that and i'm hoping and praying that that's bringing more people to christ because there you can't just blame it on a arsonist or something or a a, a, a nazi or something um but I, and i also wanted to say that you know when you get on social media um Bay Marin is looking beautiful out there. You guys are, we're, we're representing Christ right now, and I'm so proud of this church. Thank you. Um, so we, we got a call that we had a big need for, um, for jackets because uh, it got cold, right? And uh, these folks fleeing the fires, many of them didn't even have the coat, uh, a coat on their back, and so we... We needed jackets, and uh, my pal Steve Pridemore, who pastors a church south of us, he, he called me and he said, uh, what can we do to help? And I said, here's what's at the top of the list. He said, we're on our way to Costco right now. He had $1,000 worth of fleeces in his cart, $1,000. Uh, the guy behind him insisted on paying for them. Uh, complete stranger, didn't know him paid for all the jackets, we got them delivered. Uh, and then Steve told me later, I think he might have felt a little guilty because he had a very nice entertainment system on his car. <laughs> <laughs> So late Friday night, I was sitting at home with Greg, and I was like, you know, we want to help, but we've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and it's really hard to volunteer when you've got little kids running around. And I got to thinking, I was like, I know there are other parents in the same boat as we are in. So I text Amy and Jenna. I said, hey, if you guys want to drop the kids off, we'll watch all the little ones, and then th that way you guys can focus and do good work, and that'll be our way of serving. So Greg and I were all like mentally geared up to have seven little ones running around our house and spend the whole day with them. And lo and behold, Carissa shows up 
uh, 10 a.m. yesterday, and then Carly showed up after lunch, and we had helpers all day long. Those girls stuck it out till 6 p.m. last night. Um, Katrina and I think two other girls showed up at like three or four, and at that point we're like, okay, we're approaching like similar adult to kid ratios. It might be a little selfish to keep everybody here, so we sent them up to church, but it just made me feel so proud of our youth. Like we have awesome youth in our church, guys, and I'm so glad that my kids have such good examples to look up to, and it's just an awesome, awesome community, and made me really proud. So. our children because we have five children and can't get out of the house very much but we've had um, a lot of our homeschool community I'm part of Petaluma Classical Conversations homeschool group and our Santa Rosa Classical Conversations group had we've had three families um, who've lost their homes and many that have evacuated and our Petaluma group they're housing people people um, so my kids and I, we've, our home has become a distribution center of sorts. Um, we're receiving Amazon wish lists of homeschool curriculum. Um, we've been, we, on Wednesday when we were supposed to have our community day, we didn't. So we went to Petaluma and brought a van load of things that maybe four or five communities from CC Community in San Mateo and Vacaville and Sac. Um, San Francisco, and then I heard of um, some others that want to keep helping. Um, so we're full of clothes, but now we're just getting school supplies because when homes, homeschool families lose their homes, they don't have, it's basically a whole school kind of gone. Um, but uh, I'm starting to receive school curriculum uh, that's on wish lists and we're gonna be delivering those. My husband got to meet um, one of the families that was that his home was lost, but they had enough time to fill up their trailer and put it on their truck, and they're at their family's house, parents' house, but just to hear his story, and then waking up neighbors next door that had no clothes. You know, they came out in their pajamas, and just the stories of um, this man, Nathan, our homeschool friend, his daughter opened up a can of dog food and he was helping and he cut his hand and that night he went to the hospital and he would have he and his family all would have been asleep by 10 o'clock but by the time he got home um, from the hospital he saw the fires on the hill and he was able to call and say hey here's everybody get stuff ready wake up the neighbors um, but he was like if I didn't have that cut from the dog food can I wouldn't have been at the emergency room um, then like a face painter friend of mine said that um, she had a late gig and she was able to come home with her coworker and see the hillsides, um, just the, the fire stories of being able to help communities. Jay's cousin, they had to evacuate their house and they went to check on it. Their whole neighborhood was gone, but the 15 or so around their house was still standing. But um, for our kids, they're drawing pictures every day and they're seeing, you know, our porch get full. Um, but for them to see that they're helping in a little way of folding clothes and filling up the vans, and we get donations of cash donations and gift cards that are going to homeschool families. But I see it with Bay Marin, and um, we weren't able to come to Bay Marin, but we still feel the same because it's when donations start 
we lose stuff. We're like, oh, we don't have any seven-year-old pants, and then pants would come. Um, so it was just some, something like that. They see it, and they're the hands and feet, too. Or we'll have a play date, and the, the mom will stay and help me fold, and the kids get a play while we're all locked up. That's awesome. Thank you. Anyone else? Yeah. I, um, about three or four months ago, moved from Seattle to Santa Rosa. Um, and I live, or at least lived, I'm not sure anymore, in the Wikiup neighborhood. Um, I was evacuated at three in the morning on Sunday, I guess Monday. Um, and had no idea what I was running from or running to. Uh, I just started leading Young Life in Santa Rosa uh, like a month ago. And it's been a real struggle for me getting to connect with the kids and form relationships. Um, and so for the last you know month or two, that's been my biggest prayer is how do I get to know these kids? And I've got to know a group of kids that are on the cross country team at Piner High School. Um, and then with everyone being evacuated and displaced, we kind of all had one house that we went to from the Piner you know, community. And I got to spend a couple days with kids building relationships and getting to know them, which yeah. was such a blessing in disguise. So that's, that's what great. I've been thankful for. Awesome, thank you. Um, okay, uh, we show the last slide. Um, Jesus went to a wedding. He turned water into wine. Uh, you know, first century Jews, they, they lived in hard times under brutal oppression under Rome, and yet they still knew how to have joy in the midst of it. They, they still knew how to throw a good party uh, and, and drink good wine. And um, another pastor friend of mine here in Marin, Rod Miles, uh, he said, you're not going to believe this, but I'm doing a wedding in Sonoma. Uh, he did it yesterday. Uh, and he sent me this picture. You can see the smoke uh, in the background. Uh, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, in light of the hurricanes and, and everything, we talked about how in a world on fire, joy is an act of defiance. Uh, when everything seems wrong with the world, there, there is still the capacity for joy, and joy is an act of defiance, and weddings will go on. Babies will continue to be born. We will continue to celebrate. Uh, we grieve, we mourn, we lament uh, the sadness, the loss, and yet somehow in the midst of it, by grace, by God's grace, we have the capacity for joy, uh, and we can hold on to that joy. Uh, this couple uh, choosing to still get married in the midst of the fires, that was an act of defiance, and it was joyful and celebratory. Um, this morning, as we come and partake of the bread and the cup, as we once again recognize uh, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ is coming again. Uh, we can celebrate that. Uh, we can grieve and mourn and lament together, and we can work together for a better world. We can work together. We can be the hands and feet of Jesus. We 
can see water being turned into wine. Uh, this, uh, this is an act where we get to meet Christ and be replenished, where we are empty. I invite you this morning, where you are empty, come and be replenished. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this extraordinary act of turning water into wine. Thank you for empowering us to be your hands and feet, to embody you in a deeply broken and hurting world. God, as we take this bread and dip it in this cup, fill us up with your goodness, your grace, your love, your hope, your healing, and and once again, God, give us the capacity to spread that to the world. It's in the name of Jesus, everyone said.